I'm Karen. And I'm Emily. And if you, like us, are slightly on the nerdy side and have an interest, fascination or musing for anything historical, then we have the podcast for you. Our podcast, A Nice Cup of History, takes a historical event, place or person and delves into the facts, fictions and myths surrounding it, all whilst enjoying a nice cuppa or sometimes something stronger. Each week we finish with a special segment we call Ridiculous Deaths which looks into the absolute bizarre ways some people have died or survived and what we can learn from them, such as why alcohol and sailing should never go hand in hand on a moonlit night and why bridges and butts don't mix. We are listened to globally, which blows our minds. So if you have any suggestions for topics for us to discuss, please let us know. So come join us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and pretty much anywhere you can get your podcasts from and let's let's get get historical. historical. On this episode of Common Mystics, we continue our salacious story out of Isidore, Michigan. I'm Jennifer James. I'm Jill Stanley. We're psychics. We're sisters. We are Common Mystics. We find extraordinary stories in ordinary places, and we're ready for part two of Isidore, Michigan. So, guys, just to recap where we left off. Isidore, Michigan. A 33-year-old nun, Sister Yanina, is missing on the day of August 23rd, 1907. It would be 11 years before any trace of Sister Yanina will be found. The housekeeper was accused, tried, and convicted of the murder. Her name was Stanisława or Stella Lipsinska. The narrative told again and again in the media was that Sister Yanina was having an affair with the priest, Father Andrew, and the housekeeper, Stella Lipinska, killed her in a jealous rage and buried her in the cellar because she herself was in love with Father Andrew. Wah, wah, wah. Call him bullshit on that. That is my bullshit button. Uh, yes. You're going to have to deal with it and I buy one from Amazon. did not. Wah, wah, wah. Bullshit. Like, we can't find better sound effects for free <laughs> online. That's terrible. That's, this is last minute. That's what I'm, I'm editing that out. No, you're not. Leave it in. Okay. So, again, wah, wah, bullshit. What, <laughs> so much about this does not add up. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. So let's go through the cast of characters to bring light to who these people are. Let's do it. Let's start with Stella, yes. the housekeeper. Yes. Okay. So she will remember we are talking about Isidore, which is a Polish community. Right. That was established by Polish immigrants from Poland who were originally then in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who settled in Isidore. Like the pilgrims, with, but not. I remember like that. Like the, they're Polish pilgrims. Yes. Polish pilgrims. Polish I like pilgrims. them. <laughs> Okay, go on. So there's this there's this community of Polish pilgrims. And so Stella was in her 20s, in her late 20s when her husband passed away. Mm, RIP. Yeah. and But on his deathbed, he made Stella promise never to remarry. Dick move. Such a dick move. Ugh. In 1900, she moved to the United States from Poland with her daughter, Mary. Because she had some distant relatives in Isidore, she settled there. Now, she herself spoke very little English. And, of course, she spoke Polish. Now, she did keep her promise to her husband, and she never remarried. That's so sad because women don't have a lot of options. She's really lucky that she had found a position at the church. She is, and the church was her life. Mm. And she was honored to be of service to Father Andrew and to work in the parish as the housekeeper. And not only she, but also her daughter Mary, both lived in the Holy Rosary Parish and worked there. 
Now, at the time of the disappearance of Sister Yanina, Stella was 37 years old. She was a petite lady. She was four foot seven. Mm, little. Yeah, but she was a hard, proud worker. Mm. Now, people in the community thought her to be unfriendly at best. She was known to be kind of strange, antisocial. She looked down on the nuns, apparently, because the nuns, in her opinion, were less dutiful than they should be, specifically Sister Yanina. Okay, what does that look like? They didn't work as hard as they should. They would take naps during the day. Sister Yanina was often wandering about with no rhyme or reason, like going off, taking long walks into the woods. She described the nuns as like the wives of the priest rather than being devoted to God. And that for sure would have put a devout Polish hard worker over the edge. At least the Polish hard workers that I know. Right. You get the feeling reading about Stella that she felt that the nuns thought that they were above her, mm. that they didn't have to work as hard, that they their priorities were different. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Right. Instead of working harder because they had right. a more serious connection to the Lord and to the piety of the church, they were they like, worked less. Ugh. Ugh. Right. So anyway, Sisters. so we read about Stella. We kind of identify with Stella. Right. Like I was saying, like the Polish woman I know that that what we're describing really fits within what we know of Polish immigrants coming to the country, the pride in their hard work, the devotion that they have to the Lord. So this like like checks out for me. Well, not only that, but the community of Isidore feels in some ways kind of familiar because of our own family who settled in the south side of Chicago in a Polish community. It's not the same. So I think us having that experience growing up in a situation where you have a Polish community and you see the way that that life revolves around the church, like this whole situation kind of felt familiar. Mm -hmm. So when I think of how Stella was so proud and doing her work, it really reminds me a lot of grandma. Me too. How grandma used to look like there wasn't a lot of things that would impress our grandma. True. But- One of the things that she really was prideful about or would be impressed by someone is not only was their house clean, but they did it themselves. Very true. If you knew how to clean a house, if you knew how to take care of your things, that was huge on the grandma meter. Right. Hard work was everything. Mm -hmm. Hard work. And she taught us how to clean hard. That's really not how I saw it. (laughs) Um, I actually have childhood memories of me like just having a peaceful Saturday morning with the Muppet Babies and Your like my bowl cereal. Of cereal. Yes, mm-hmm. Captain Crunch, Crunch Berries, and you being like, "Oh, we're gonna help Grandma," and then me being like chained to something, <laughs> like sweating and working hard for hours, like cleaning her garage, like scrubbing her garage floor type cleaning. Mm-hmm. Her garage floor is literally cleaner than my kitchen counters. Exactly. So in my opinion, nobody is a harder worker than an old Polish woman. And I'm going to stand by that statement. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like the garage floor, we picked up everything in her garage, wiped it down, put it outside. Then we wiped down the floor. I I think our listeners get it. Yeah. No, no. Keep going. (laughs) That was like hours. It was like an entire day. Right. Moving on. So in, in a nutshell, we felt not only that we could identify with with the community and the people in the community, but specifically Stella. 
felt like someone that could literally be on our family tree, to be quite honest. So let's move on to another one of the cast of characters. Sister Yanina. How do you solve a problem like Yanina? (laughs) Yeah. So um, (laughs) she was one of the three nuns who lived and worked at Holy Rosary. She was 33 years old. She was the mother superior at the little convent. The other two sisters were Sister Mary Angelina and Sister Mary Josephine. Now, all three of them, by the way, had tuberculosis. You had mentioned that in part one. I did? Yeah, because that's why they stayed there for the summer. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm reviewing. I'm not criticizing. It I'm sounds just, like a criticism. I'm, wow, I'm just <laughs> adding commentary so it's not just... <laughs> sensitive. Anyway. Okay, okay. Okay. By all accounts, her character was very lively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She... Oh, this is sad. She had been orphaned. At a young age. And, and, and you know, this is quite interesting hmm. because usually when someone becomes a nun, I think of a calling, mm-hmm. right? A person has a personal calling, like from the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. God comes down himself apparently and Absolutely. says, You're, you are going to be a nun. And then well, the nun says, That's not how I heard oh, it. Yes, I will be a nun. <laughs> you know, something like that. Like, that's how I envision it. But in this situation, it was the church her convent that kind of adopted her mm-hmm. and raised her as a nun. So it's a little bit backwards from the way I imagine that it usually happens. Sure. Anyway, um, and by all accounts, not only was she lively, but she wasn't a very good nun. Describe that to me. Well, um, she wasn't exactly committed to piety. Okay, what does that look like? What are you saying? Well, for Stop instance. Stop beating around the bush. <laughs> well, when you're a nun, apparently you're not supposed to like be alone in your bedroom with a man. And so, so- That seems fair. <laughs> like that seems to check out. That's reasonable. You think that's a reasonable rule yeah, in the nun sure. rule book? Okay. Yeah, Well, apparently Sister Yanina was often and repeatedly behind closed doors with men. Now, when I say men, I'm talking about one, Father Andrew. Father Andrew was one of the men. Now, he was her boss. So he, better than anyone, should know the no men in You're behind right. He should have yeah. known those rules. Yeah. We'll get to yes. him in a second. Yes. But um, not only that, but also uh, the doctor. Now, you know, the, these days, of course, you're going to see your doctor behind a closed door, right? Yeah. But, but in back 120 years ago, no. It, it, nuns don't, aren't behind closed doors, even with a doctor, because you know, I have nun. to stop you with like a men doctor. You got someone in with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Even when I like get checked out for my moles 100%, and shit. 100%. There's always someone there's in the room. There's a woman yes. in the room with me. Yeah. Yes. So, anyway, yeah. so she was behind. Sorry, good point. So even today, yeah. damn it, you shouldn't be alone Is behind Is she Maria Von Tramp? <laughs> <laughs> really? It's true. Oh, God. How'd you catch a cloud and pin it down? All right. So, oh, here's another thing. In addition to like all of the questionable uh, hoochie coochie behind Mm. the scenes, behind closed doors situation with men, she apparently wasn't a hard worker. And during chore time, she would be found uh, traipsing around the woods singing. Wow. See, now if I were Stella, 100%, I would be so angry. Like I'm I'm triggered by that. Like men, nothing. Who cares? Whatever. But like work time, you're just like walking around singing. Like, the hills are alive. Yeah. 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 You know what? I never thought of the other nuns in that movie. When I saw Maria twirling around Julie Andrews, I never thought to myself, shouldn't she be doing something right now? 
Like, isn't there a chore she should be up to? I never thought about it. This story has ruined the sound of music for me. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. I wouldn't go that far. That's, 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 there was a line. You went right <laughs> over it. Did I step it. over it? All right. We still love sound of music. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you think Gayog's hot? You do. I can tell in your face. She just smiled all big and she really Christopher did. Plummer. Mm-hmm. We need to get back to the outline. I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. Side note. All right. Anyway, so it appears that Yanina was, she probably wasn't a bad person. She just wasn't cut out to be a nun. Okay? Well, it's, it seems like you said she wasn't called to be a nun. The right. nuns raised her to be a nun. And uh, by the way, there was a rumor about her that was circulating around the time of her disappearance. Mm. And that was that she was pregnant. Well, she brought that on herself. She shouldn't be behind closed doors with men. It he was a rule. To be very empathetic to Sister Yanina. So let's move on to Father Andrew. I'm not angry with her. I'm just saying that, like, you're angry at her actions. Exactly. Okay. I'm exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Father Andrew. Father Andrew. He was an eccentric. He was a weirdo. That's wow. I'm oh my sorry. Gosh. I shouldn't say weirdo. He wow. Was an eccentric. You're like you're being so hard on <laughs> now this mofo. <laughs> He is weird. Okay, go on. Okay, Tell so me about it. So he him. had a menagerie of exotic animals at the parish. Oh, my God. Right. What does that even mean? D- didn't I just say it's like Michael Jackson before his time? You know what? It, like when you said that, I literally thought Tiger King. Really? Yeah, like <laughs> full on. I was like, Father Andrew. Like my whole impression of him changed. Okay, he had parrots, foxes, and crocodiles. Foxes are cute. Crocodiles? No way. No. Look at the Sheila. Okay, sorry. And by the way, who do you think was taking care of those animals? <gasps> it wasn't Father. Stella. It was Stella oh taking my God. See? Oh. Anyway, so Father Andrew was also 33 years old. He was really strict. He had a reputation of being strict. And if you were a schoolboy who attended the Holy Rosary School and you were acting out, mm-hmm. he would hit you. Like the uh, Father Andrew the good would, old days. would hit the children. But so, I bet they didn't do it again. He also looked down on people who were not completely voted, devoted to the church. Like, he was very outspoken. Like, if you didn't, you know, show your piety, come to church, you Do know. you think those were the conversations he was having behind closed doors with Sister Yanina? I'm sure that's what it was. I'm sure. He's yeah. like, you need to follow the rules. Here I am breaking them. <laughs> right. I'm sure that's what they were talking about. Yeah. But I think it's important to remember, like, he was the one in charge in this little community. Mm-hmm. Like, this whole community revolved around the church. He was in charge of the church. There, He was kind of like the de facto mayor, kind of. What was his relationship um, really like with Stella? Well, he he and Stella got along. Mm. She well, had sure, a lot- she cleaned up after his exotic animals. Right. No, uh, apparently they, they got she- along, and he was fiercely loyal to her and we'll see Mm -hmm. later like through all of these trials and tribulations that Stella has that he uh stands up for her and he never believed her to be guilty Mm. of the murder of sister Yanina as a matter of fact I think you mentioned even after her conviction and Stella being put away he still was using his own money to find out and investigate what really happened to sister Yanina so that's that's I I think that says a lot it does say a lot I do all right, so we have another person that we want to talk about, and that's the doctor. The doctor. The doctor. Hmm. hmm. Dr. George Freilich, who apparently also spent a whole lot of time behind closed doors with... Question. Yes. Question. Yes. Now, I know you're going to say, Yanina, did he spend, or has it been reported, that he was going to the other nuns' rooms who also had tuberculosis? He was not. <gasps> 
So somebody had a favorite. You're, you're absolutely right. All three had tuberculosis, and he spent most of the time and made many, many more visits to Sister Yanina. He was her personal physician. Yes, he sure was. So if she were pregnant, he would have known. Oh, absolutely. And he also, by the way, also would have had an opportunity to father the child. <sighs> well, what about his character? Like, does that seem plausible? Well, you know what? In the book that I read... Is it or secret by Marty Link? Tell me. It says that he actually had sort of a reputation for being a flirty, flirty womanizer. Salut. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Right. So I mean, that all that all falls in line, you know. What was Father Andrew thinking about him? Father Andrew never trusted him. Shut up. Talk to me. He, when the sheriff was investigating the, the murder, Father Andrew kept bringing Dr. Freilich back, saying, you really need to look in the doctor. You really need to look into the doctor. Wow. And they didn't. They wow. didn't follow that lead. For whatever reason, we don't know. Well, it didn't fit their narrative, as we'll talk about in a minute, mm, to mm, be mm. honestly. Okay, so Jen, this story has a lot of moving parts. So much. There's a lot to this story. So much. But through the weeds, you and I, psychically, for months, had meditated, thought about this story, and actually put it on the back burner until we thought about, psychically, how this really played out, because none of this sat well with us. Mm -mm. And what was our psychic impressions and what do we believe really went down and what happened to sister Yanina on the morning of August 23rd 1907 sister Yanina is a nun with a plan she is in love with someone and she's carrying her lover's baby sister Yanina waits till the fishing party departs Mm. the staff returns to work and the other sisters to their chores or to their cells to take their naps She takes advantage of everyone being gone fishing or busy with the preparations for the bishop's visit. And that moment, she leaves Holy Rosary. She leaves without her scapular and her prayer book, two things that a nun should never leave behind. When you say she leaves, you mean she's leaving the church and physically? Or do you mean that she is literally leaving her calling, leaving the the life of a nun? Excellent question. I say both. (sighs) And I think that The fact that she left behind things like her scapular and her prayer book showed that she was leaving her faith behind Mm. in some respects, or at least the calling or the 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 position, yeah, the position, the nun, the whole life of a nun. She was leaving behind. So she left. Where did she go? She went to the woods, and she paces. She sings. She hums, and she waits for someone to come and get her there in the woods and it appears that she was waiting for quite a bit of time by the footprints that were found there and the fact that there were men in the area who heard singing that evening now we surmise that she must have been getting worried that her companion may not come but eventually we believe that she's picked up on the road where the dog lost her scent Mm. now why would she take such a drastic step and leave the church jill well, she was leaving the life, like we, she, we said. She was leaving the church. She was leaving her position. She wasn't cut out for the holy cloth. She never chose this life. This life chose her. Yeah. So, Where you know, she going? we believe that she was headed off to start a new life with her lover. I believe that she thought that she was going to run away with her savior mm. and start a beautiful new life. As with, a mom? As a mom. Probably somewhere outside of the community because that 
probably would have been looked down on. So psychically, what do you think happened after she was picked up by her her companion or whomever picked her up? I think she was ambushed by her lover and (gasps) tricked and said, hey, now that you're here, we're going to get you an abortion because he never, ever planned on leaving with her. He just wanted to get her away from the church to have the abortion. He didn't plan on killing her, but he just wanted that baby gone because he wasn't going to leave with her. He had a life there. So what happened next? So there was a botched abortion, and she ended up dying of her, her injuries when they tried to terminate the pregnancy. This is all our conjecture, our psychic beliefs. And then after she passed away from the botched abortion, they brought her body back to the church and buried her in the cellar, in the crawl space. And they did it for two reasons. One, to get rid of the body, but two, also to implicate someone at that church. Mm. And that unfortunate soul ended up being poor Stella. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. There's another reason, too. Tell Well, the church is notorious for keeping things in-house. Oh, look at you. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so if there's a crime that's committed within the church, the church isn't very forthcoming about investigating the crime or bringing in. mind is blown. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. Don't Um, you think that makes sense? When you said it, yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. I kind of have the chills right now. Ugh. So. So... What do you think? Far-fetched? I feel like I should drop a mic right now. (laughs) No, I mean, I think it's much more plausible than the narrative that's been in the media for 100 years. Well, let's examine that narrative. Let's let's really deep dive in on it. All right. So according to the media, the newspapers, the prosecution story was that Stella – the housekeeper. The five foot seven housekeeper. Four foot seven. Oh, I'm sorry. Four foot seven. Uh, was busy preparing for the bishop's visit that day. So she stopped and took time away from her chores to murder Sister Yanina in the church basement, which was a crawl space, by ludging her in the head. So let's think about that for a second. I am going to hit someone in the head with a shovel. blunt object, a shovel. Mm-hmm. There is going to be blood everywhere not just on me not just on the victim but all around this crawl space Mm -hmm. so just let's consider that for a moment then what john well then you're gonna bury her in a shallow grave so digging digging a hole let's Mm -hmm. think about this digging a hole and burying her under apparently what was a pile of wood so now she's moving wood and then what does she have to do she has to clean herself up she sure does go back to the yeast for the baking day for the bishop right because she was baking bread in the and kitchen and she has to do all this without letting mary know that she left the kitchen because right. mary the whole time believes her mom hearing she believes her mom to be in the next room baking the bread right and let's not forget she would also have to dispose of her clothing mm. right? right and clean up right clean up the the, the basement absolutely Absolutely. So not only that, but they searched the basement. Exactly. No way. That day they searched the basement. The nuns, the two nuns who woke up were searching the basement. And then when Father Andrew came, they searched it by lantern light. And then days later, they if Father Andrew brought that notable search dog to the property. Right. If if this happened the way the prosecution believed it did, then the dog would have at least, very least, have found the body, you would if think. not traces of blood and bloody clothing from anywhere around Stella. Right. 
in fact, Jill, there was absolutely no physical evidence found supporting this alleged crime. So what did the prosecution have? Like, how did anyone listen to this and be like, um, there's no evidence, guys? Well, what they did have was a bitch-ass undercover police officer. What? <laughs> Where do you get one of those? <laughs> so there was a the sheriff. Okay. So the sheriff hired an undercover officer to pose as a friend to Stella in in jail. Okay. And this undercover officer was paid more if she could get Stella to admit that she uh, committed this crime. Conflict of interest? Yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah. So, and what you have is Stella never, Stella said that she never confessed to the crime. And the bitch-ass police officer says that she did. Did she ever sign a confession or anything like that? They tried to get her to sign a confession, but she wouldn't. And they even tried to get her to sign. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) Tell me. What did they do? They even tried to get her to sign a blank statement. And they were like, oh, we'll fill it in later. Wow. I'm so proud of Stella. I know. Okay. What other dick moves did the sheriff do? Okay, so while Stella was in jail, mm-hmm. she reported being tortured by her jailers. Oh my God, what does that even mean? <sighs> okay, Poor so a- Stella. apparently they were like trying to make her crazy. They, according to her, they were trying to make her crazy. They were tormenting her. They had taken a skeleton and like strung it up marionette style and oh. like moved the skull and was like, you killed me. I am Sister Yanina. You <gasps> killed me. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's what she reported. Uh, Okay, so tell me about her lawyer. Speak to me. They refused to let her see her lawyer or her defense team. Like, they would go to the jail and be like, hey, we're here to see Stella. And the sheriff's people would be like, yeah, no, you're not allowed to see her. (gasps) So So he didn't even get to talk to her. She did not get to talk to her He didn't even know if she was well or not. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that bitch-ass female undercover officer... Um, said that Stella confessed to the crime and to a priest in Milwaukee. And Stella said that, no, that never really happened. So obviously the sheriff stopped investigating any potential criminal Mm -hmm. to this crime and really cultivated his own evidence to support his theory. Exactly right. I know, it's terrible. It is terrible. But there was another problem here. Tell me about it. What the prosecution had going for them is the fact that Stella wasn't well-liked in the community and people were kind of like afraid of her and saw her as kind of unusual and unfriendly. <laughs> and that didn't really help her case. Okay, what did they say about her? Well, they called people who knew her and they said that she said mean things. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? She said very inappropriate things. Who doesn't? Tell me what that she means. She said very inappropriate things about the nuns in particular. You mean the lazy-ass nuns <laughs> that would go twirling on hills singing? Yes. Tell me, what did she say? She called them um, sluts and whores. Okay, I have to stop you. She called you. them whores. I have to stop <clears throat> you, okay? I don't speak Polish. <laughs> I don't speak Polish either. However, we grew up around a lot of Polish-speaking people. Polish was our people's first language. That is true. And although we were able to pick up on some words, the one that I know the best is the word for whore. That is true. We do know the word for whore. We don't know a lot of Polish, Mm -mm. but we know the word for whore. Mm -hmm. Maybe a prayer or two, but whore we used or was used quite a bit. It was very versatile. That That is an excellent point. So if you were driving down the street, someone cut you off, whore, right? 
If you got stuck by a train, whore. Exactly. Stub your toe, whore. whore. Exactly. It's a very versatile word, kind of like the F word. It, it's exactly like the F word. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. really is. So the fact that she was saying whore all the time right. or referring to someone as a whore, like, yeah, right. that's... So that's this what some her... Polish people would do. At least our Polish people. Our Polish people said this word all the time. I'm sure my aunt calls me a whore. <laughs> I am absolutely sure. Me too. I'm sure aunt called you a whore too. I, I... <laughs> I, anyway. I believe you're right. Yeah. So basically, she was just running her mouth. Mm-hmm. She was just running her mouth. Probably out of frustration. Right? But what an asshole thing to do if you're her friends, like the people that she trusted in the community to be like, oh, oh yes, I did hear that. <laughs> so we, you know what? We understand her. Like, this seems completely natural that Stella would call the nuns whores. Yeah, because <laughs> we have some some empathy I, and understanding of who Stella was because of our own circle of reference. That is exactly so right. So it would have been helpful if someone on the jury had that same kind of familiarity with Polish people and the and this community in Isidore. Yeah. So to who was on the jury? Uh, no women and no Polish people. <laughs> they were all like farmers from around Leland on the. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No one from Isidore, apparently. So there's absolutely no way that they would have been able to identify with her, understand the way that that she would speak. Exactly. Not only that, but there was no interpreter offered to Stella. Okay. And so she's speaking broken English now. Now, I have seen, I have seen distraught, (laughs) highly emotional Polish women speak Polish. Oh, yeah. Jennifer. It's scary. You don't want to see that. Wow. I understand. Can you describe to me how mom would... God. (laughs) How she would behave when she was upset? Oh, Jill. Speaking Polish. There's a lot of pounding and yelling. Pounding and yelling. (laughs) And a lot of like exclamations yes it's it's, it's like all a, exclamation points and capital letters it's a lot a lot it's, a, a it's lot Hitler at the podium <laughs> it's, it's a it's lot flailing. it's it's screaming and pounding so if you are not familiar you're looking at that and like sure you're afraid so absolutely guilty 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 she crazy well you know what i i have to tell you i'm looking back at the book and the newspaper reporters at the time said that stella did get emotional on the stand sure. near the end but um, overall, she did an excellent job and was an excellent witness for herself. Oh, good. So it wasn't as bad as all that. Oh, my God. But they would not have understood her, certainly. Yeah, well, if kudos to Stella, because right. I'm distraught just thinking about this. Right. So I certainly am under the impression that this was a miscarriage of justice. But to add injury to insult, the narrative that was created as a result of this was so completely asinine and like you said, plays, movies, again and again and again. People thought that Stella was in love with Father Andrew, which... I know. How ugh, insulting. That does not even pass the smell test. That is not who she was. He's a weird dude. He was kind of angry, and he had a lot of birds <laughs> and exotic animals. And crocodiles. Yeah. Not not feeling him. Not hot. Not hot. <laughs> so tell me, lastly, Jen, about Father Andrew completely trusting Stella, too. Right. He he never thought, he never believed her to be the killer. Never. And in fact, he trusted her so much that he hired her at his new parish in Manistee. And he never, ever stopped investigating on his own, using his own personal money and funding to try to find the real killer. Wow. And I'll just finish off Stella's story. 
First, she went to prison. She was convicted, like we said, and she was sentenced to life in prison. That is correct. She was sentenced to life. She was convicted and sentenced to life in prison. Eventually, she was paroled by the governor of Michigan years and years later. After her release from prison, the Felician convent in Milwaukee hired Stella as a cook, even though she was convicted of killing one of their own. Somebody didn't do a background check. Mm-mm-mm. Didn't run that name through the system. <laughs> Sheldon, you zip recruiter. Sheldon. Oh, my gosh. And she was employed there for over 30 years before her death at the age of 92. So it seems like not even like Father Andrews believed that she was a murderer. Not even the nuns. And the governor like paroled her. He was like, you know what, guys? This is just dangerous. Yes. This is just too much. Ugh. Yeah. It's far more likely that the hardworking Polish woman was just disgusted at the nuns' lack of piety and laziness. Absolutely. And that, that, that would explained make it, her behavior. That wouldn't make anyone cranky. Right. Whores. <laughs> In conclusion. You make me spit my water out. Maybe you don't believe our psychic theory is plausible. I totally do. <laughs> I know you do. I, I do say so myself. Even if you don't believe our psychic theory is plausible, you have to accept that it is improbable Mm. that the housekeeper Stella killed Sister Yanina and buried her in the church basement and then went back to her chores that day. Absolutely. The body would have been found during the extensive search that followed in the days and weeks after her disappearance. So, Jen. Yes. Let's debrief. Let's do it. so much going on in the story. Let's talk about it. First, clues. I was feeling that witch hunt. Yes. And I think I found the witch hunt. Checks out. It totally checks out. Familiar. Familiar. Oh, my gosh. These people are family. Stella is our family. It's true. And not literally, but I feel like Stella is family. Absolutely. And her name. Jennifer. What? Let me remind you when we were in the car and you're like, I want to go to this cemetery. I was like, we're not going to that cemetery. Do you recall what cemetery you wanted me to drive to? No, I remember it had some Polish name, though. It did have a Polish name. What was it? I'm not going to read the Polish name, but I'm going (laughs) to tell you that Polish name cemetery is the Holy Rosary Catholic Cemetery in Isidore, Michigan. Are you serious? Where Janina's body was buried after the sexton, not dirty, put her body there. Get out of here. Swear to you. Get Swear, out of here. I'm not lying. See, that, you should have driven us oh there my God, that I'm day. I'm so over it. I hear you. I see you. You are important to me. What? Are, wait, hold on. Whatever happened to her bones, do we know? Are they still there? No. What happened was is that after they, they, re, they exhumed her from the cemetery at the foot of that big cross yeah and they did the autopsy in air quotes i see your bunny bunny ears (laughs) um they don't know where her bones are some of the sisters the felician sisters said that they had taken the bones with them and buried it but there is no record of any so nobody no one knows she's lost to history she's lost to history i hope this is my hope for sister yanina that they just because of the sensational um aspect to the story that they actually hit her mm. and like have her in a safe place that's really what i wish for her Aww. i hope knock on wood that's a very kind wish mm. but there's more i have to reveal there's more yes <laughs> go for it so the cemetery that i was like compromised with you on the oakwood cemetery the one with the park-like atmosphere mm-hmm. where we can go and have picnics with our dead relatives guess 
who was buried there. I have no idea. Dr. George Freilich. Get out of here. Swear to you. The doctor was buried in that cemetery. The doctor that had private time with sister Mm. that was put on the witness stand as a material witness to testify to the manner of death of Uh Yanina's body. Wow. Her personal physician. That's very interesting when you put it that way. Yes. What do you think that means? What do you think it means that we ended up at the Oakwood Cemetery where it just happens that Dr. Freilich's buried? I really believe that he was the doctor that performed that abortion. I think the point is spirit led us there. And to, to and this isn't a coincidence. It, no. This is not a coincidence no. that Dr. Freilich was buried in that cemetery. I and think it the wasn't point a coincidence is, that I didn't want to go to the Holy Rosary Cemetery. No. Right. No. But I think the point is Dr. Freilich is responsible for her death. Either Whether way. Whether or not he's he the was father. the father, exactly. he is responsible because he performed that abortion. And then, of course, being one of the people who's called by the prosecution, he's going to, you know, support someone else being responsible. Yeah. He's like, anyone but me. Anyone but me. <laughs> this is unbelievable. So I have a question to you. So we already talked about Stella being like family to us, she right? She feels like family. She's so close to us that, as we discussed, we can't even decide whether or not we like her because right. she's just like, it doesn't matter. She's family. Right. It's like your Aunt Jan. Exactly. Do you like your Aunt Jan? Well, it's Aunt Jan. You're right. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> so do you think that that clouds our judgment at all? <sighs> yes and no. I mean, our... <sighs> We're not crime investigators. Mm. We're psychics. We rely on spirits to lead us places, Mm -hmm. right? And send us stories. And I think there's a reason why these spirits found us in particular. Because we do understand. Right. Right? And we're able to go, call bullshit. So I don't think we have to be objective about this. We can't be. Right. You know, we are giving voice to the voiceless. And who do you think that is? Whose voice do you think really needs to be heard right now? Well, obviously Stella. Mm. But I do think that this new narrative, this new plausible narrative might have helped Sister Yanina rest a little easier mm. and let them know that. You think? You think? <laughs> we called her a whore and Maria Von Tramp a bunch of times. <laughs> She's probably rolling over wherever she is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it clears some things up. You think? <laughs> hey, we didn't put her in a room alone with these men. We didn't. We didn't. But oh. it's more understandable. I feel like I know a little bit more about Yanina now. Mm-hmm. That It's not that she was a bad nun. It's that she never wanted to be a nun. Yeah, she wasn't a bad person. She wasn't a bad person. No. You know what? I would have done. You I've know done yeah, worse. Exactly. I've done I worse. I don't like to work hard either. Uh-uh. Shit, I'd be taking. Find me singing. <laughs> Find me singing. Oh my gosh! Well, this was a fun one. Oh, this is exhausting. Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> I feel like we went in and out of rabbit holes. Jill, tell the people where they can find us. Well, check out our Insta and Facebook pages. Find. Check out our website at commonmystics.net. Listen in on Amazon, Stitcher, Stay Tuned, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. He said stay tuned. (laughs) It's tuned tuned in. in. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) Same bat channel. (laughs) 
same time next week. And Apple Podcasts, where you can please, please leave us a positive review. We so love uh, them. We do appreciate them. So other people can find us. Oh, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Good night. Bye.